0: Truly remarkable improvement by the Utah Jazz in their last two ball games, but no dividend to speak of. No reward for the victory of a victory. It's all next. Unlocked on, on Jazz. You are locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, Radio Voice of Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked On Jazz. Today, we will look over the weekend as a whole of this the truly remarkable improvement the Jazz have made, how different a team they look after a few days of practice and the work that Will Hardy and his staff have put into the team. We will look at last night's matchup. The Jazz have a terrible half-court offensive game and survive the resiliency, the fight, the effort is back. Ochai Abaji has a sick defensive game last, last night, showing a lot of his growth. Roles are allowing guys to prosper. We'll look at all that, and Kevin Durant's just totally, totally ridiculous. That's all coming up on today's show. I am David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz. It's your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, Geeky numbers and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all all podcasting apps, as well as on YouTube. Our YouTube question of the day, is Kevin Durant the best offensive player in the NBA right now? That's also available for you on Twitter. Send it to me at DLock09 or comment and let me know uh, your thoughts on that. To the Everydayers, thank you very much. Greatly appreciate it. A bunch of you said hi to me in the arena over the last few days, like that as well. And if you're in LA on Tuesday, please give me a little hello as well. It's great to see the Everydayers each and every day. Thanks so much uh, for tuning in to the show. What an incredible weekend of NBA. Jazz do go 0 and 2, and I could not agree more with Will Hardy that he just wanted the win for those guys so badly. You got they just have clearly worked amazingly hard, detailed, focused. That's just a totally different team than what we've seen. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use, use code all lowercase locked on NBA for your first deposit match up to $100. Uh, really amazing uh, performance by by the team. I think that's Phoenix is really good. Uh, I think they're now 12 and one when both Durant and Booker play over the last two years. Um, their offense churns at about a 127. Durant's at peak health right now, playing a stunning 35 minutes a night, more last night obviously because of the overtime. Um, and you know when they're playing a Durant Devin Booker two man game on the left side of the floor with an open corner, we talked about on the postcast and talked a lot about on the broadcast, like, like what do you do, like? um and the jazz tried and rotated out of it and tried to do the best they could um eric gordon hit two big threes grayson hit threes those are probably the guys you want to have you know make make shots and they got them so if you're you know end result obviously very is a bummer but i just thought overall if you look at the team the ball movement's better than it used to be the togetherness is better than it's than it's been all year and the togetherness is great because this is a group that i talked about that this just happened. Like, there's nothing wrong with this. So it's a conversation. A lot of commentators don't talk about. And so I don't want to, I I don't, and I'm hoping it's not getting misinterpreted, but like, there's just was not natural cohesion in this group. Like when you look down the roster and you look at a guy and you're like, well, who does he hang out with? It just, there isn't a natural, like there's, there's kind of, everyone's in a little bit different spot in their life. Like Keontae and Talon probably over the year, will get along really great. They're both super dudes. And then, but one's 20 and the other's 23 with a kid. Like, they're just, it's been a league for four years. Like, there's, they'll get there, right? I think they'll get there as the year goes on. Like, you look, and so the Jazz did a lot of, like, forced, not forced as in a bad way, but, like, events to put guys together, team dinners, Hawaii, things like that. I don't think this is something the group was totally unaware of. But at some point, you actually have to get into a task together. Like, you can do all those other things, but you have to get into a task together. Well, it's really clear the coaching staff dug in. They dug in with the coaching staff, and they got a great deal better. Their execution was better. Their togetherness is better. Their offensive movement is better. They're just so many things taking place on this team are improved from what they were from what we watched before. Like, I, I I cannot tell you how different a team it is to watch than the one we watched in Chicago or even watched in Indiana, the transformation. Now, certain some of it's Keontae, some of it's Ochaibaj in the starting lineup. Um When Walker comes back, I think it'll it'll follow through. I mean, certainly Oja, uh, Keontae with another 11 assists last night has helped a tremendous amount, and they're looking to Keontae and respecting him, and he's trying to lead them <laughs> to the best of his ability. So we're really seeing all of it happen and come together, but there's just also just another element like THT and Sexton were both brilliant last night. Um And I think they're, they're kind of understanding what they're supposed to do um, in, in their roles. And, and I mean, Taylor was great. 25 points last night, hit four of 10 on three. I think his catch and shoots last night, he was four for six or something like that. I think he's awfully close to 40% on catch and shoot threes so far this year, which is up from 30% last year. And he's really done a a masterful job of working on his skills and getting better um and Colin just brings such unbridled juice and I think they're both figuring out how it is that they can bring that juice Colin hit the pull-up three and then another one in the quarter those were he'd only had one off the bounce three all season long um and was able to you know and hit two big ones but he just they're symbolic to me that that they're playing with a little bit more understanding and freedom of of getting what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to play, um, which I think is is great. Taylor by the way, is forty one percent now in catch and shoot threes this year. He was thirty percent last year. That's big time off season work um, being put in uh, by Taylon, and we're and we're seeing dividends for it. So, really, uh, I just thought overall from a coaching staff standpoint, you just look down it. They have there was there was a concept of what they were doing defensively. It didn't come out great, but that's just because Durant and Booker are great. The their offense, we saw some of the transition, some things they've been working on in practice every day. We finally saw them happen, like you know, getting on both sides of the floor really quickly in transition. Last night, they lived by transition. The half-court offense last night was not good. Uh, we'll touch on that in a second. Um, and yet they stayed and they showed a resiliency in a fight that kind of was the signature of last year's team um, throughout what they were doing. Um, the turnovers are way down, right? I mean, the turnovers were kind of absurd there for a while and the and the rate of turnovers and how they were happening and what the turnovers were. They weren't, I, I don't really usually <coughs> care about turnovers because in my opinion, usually what you see is teams with high turnover rates are the best offensive teams in the league. And it's usually because of the fact they turn it over a lot because they're, they're pushing like right now Dallas is the second highest rate turnover team in the league. they're the 10th best offense Philly's the third highest turnover team they're the second ranked offense Boston's the fifth highest ranked. oh no actually it's the opposite sorry I pushed the button the wrong way um, usually you look at like Orlando's high on turnovers they're the ninth best offense Clippers are high in terms of the 12th best offense Minnesota's the fourth best offense usually you have some teams that when they're high in turnovers they're creating opportunities for people we weren't doing that we're just turning it over well that that has nicely calmed down. I mean, that's Keontae and guys having a role and Ochai being a ball mover and not having to shoot. Um, and that's the rightful order of the basketball universe we talked about um, last week for the everydayers. I mean, we were, last night wasn't great. We were back up at 16%, but the night before at 8%, the night before that, we were 12% of our turnover rates. So you're just seeing incredible growth um, in that level. So, I mean, to, to wrap it up, better ball moon. Better execution of what Will Hardy wants and how they're going to play the game. Better taking care of the ball. Getting out in transition at a much higher rate. We, we've we been out in transition um, 16% of the time or more in four of our last five games. We'd only done that in two of the previous nine. Okay, that's how Will wants to play. Um, and then I think we saw defensively some real understanding of like, okay, we're trying to force to help. We're trying to force certain ways in the pick and roll. Hey, there was a play where they tried to execute it perfectly and Kevin Durant crosses over and brings it back to the right side and and he can't, you know, he can't he goes away from the help. That's just because Kevin Durant's great and Devin Booker's great. Like at some point you're playing other guys that are really, really good. And last night was the case. I mean, that Phoenix team may win it. And we just play and the Jazz played with them every step of the way. Um, and it's a bummer that, you know, I, I thought Will's comment coming out of the presser of just I, I wanted these guys to get the win. I really, really want these guys to get the win that they deserved it. That's his state, that's his like level of saying, hey, they busted last night for me and they've worked this last two days of practice in each of these, between these games at a high level and I wanted them to be rewarded for it. That's a great sign. I mean, that is a truly great sign um, of the growth of this, of of what Will's building and where they're going. Because there were some, there were some moments, let's not kid ourselves, they opened the year getting blown out in like four of the first games. There were some moments that, that didn't feel right. And the last two nights against maybe the best team in the Western Conference, that felt right. So super cool to see that growth too bad for the guys that they don't get a win for us too bad. We didn't get a win as fans, but if you didn't enjoy those two, wow, that was awesome. By the way, Holly Rowe um, It does the front row podcast and uh, she did a 50 minute sit down with Will Hardy, actually with um, Ryan Smith had some great stuff about his journey to Korea and how it changed his life and super Super good stuff about um, the next edition is with Will Hardy, and that comes out Tuesday exclusively on Jazz Plus. All right, we're just getting started. We'll dig into last night. Ochai had an unbelievable defensive game, and uh, we'll dig into some of that. We'll talk a little bit about how they survived despite having a really bad half-court game um, and what uh, Phoenix's primary offensive set was that was so difficult uh, for the Jazz to handle. So we'll look at all that um, as we continue on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy, located at... In Woods Cross, also in Logan, the Murdochs have been in Utah for over 85 years, done amazing things, uh, obviously, uh, in Utah in that time, and uh, have the Chevy Americana, the truck that is the Silverado, the 1500 crew cab is it's just the grandiose truck of all trucks, plus the little Colorado that can zip you around and get you going. Uh, obviously, the cross, the SUVs are amazing. The Tahoe and the Suburban are Chevy signatures, but now with the Blazer and the Trailblazer, the lineup is complete, top to the bottom, with little tracks, the Equinox and the Traverse. Go check them all out at Murdoch Hyundai locate or Murdoch Chevy. You get up to seven thousand dollars off in the season of giving on a Silverado truck right now on the fifteen hundred crew cab custom twenty twenty three. You can get up to seven thousand dollars off that's all at murdoch chevy located in woods cross and Logan. if you can head over feel free to email me first at dlock 9 zero nine at gmail.com so that we can get you an opportunity to have a vip meeting and set up as an everyday or should be on from locked on jazz today's show is also brought to you by prize picks prize picks the number one daily fantasy Game out there for you, great deal of fun for everyone involved. Each and every day, you pick whether you think someone's going to get more or less assists, points, whatever it might be, and you end up uh, with uh, a great chance to win. Plus, with the promo code locked on right now, you uh, or locked on. Let me check and make sure the promo code. I have the promo code right because the other day I think I screwed it up. Um, you get a hundred dollars. Uh, Locked on NBA, you get a first deposit match up to $100. That's right. So go to prizepix.com, slash Locked on NBA, and use the promo code Locked on NBA, and <clears throat> for a free deposit match up to $100. It's a great deal of fun. It is not against the Sharks or the best there is. You're just picking... Monday night football tonight's an incredible matchup. So feel free to go get involved in that. And you're picking to see more or less on two to six player star projections and watch the winnings roll on. It's all prize picks. Number one daily fantasy sports game. Those were two sick games. Sick, sick, sick games. Uh by the way, uh, thank you very much to everybody who has tuned into Lockdown Sports today. That is our new um channel that uh is the first ever 24-7 sports stream on YouTube. Uh, go check it out, Locked On Sports Today. Subscribe. By the way, if you hit the bell button on ours every time we premiere, you'll you'll know right away when we start. So it would be great if you can do that. Um, so go check it out. Go to Locked On Sports Today. I would love your thoughts um, at dlock09 at gmail.com. What do you like about it? Um, do, do you watch television in the background? Is this something that kind of works for you in that way, the way ESPN does without – having someone screaming and yelling at you the whole time. I love my guy, but, you know, he does. He yells at us the whole time. Um, so let me know. Uh, I'd love your thoughts on lockdown Sports today. What you like, what would change, what would be better, things like that. We're working on various things. We've got some really exciting things for the first quarter of 2024. Um, all right. So our half-court offense last night was terrible. Um, in fact, it was one of the – the second worst half court offense we've had all year long. The only other game was in Minnesota when we but we lost that game 123 to 95. So you're talking about growth. Like we had a bad half court game. Finally by the end we got to 0.8. But if you go quarter by quarter it was brutal. But you want effort and resiliency? How about grabbing 48% of your misses? Last night the Jazz grabbed 48% of their misses as offensive rebounds. I think it's about the highest rate of any team all year long. Maybe one or two teams has had a single day high. I really couldn't find it last night. I was trying to find it. So, I mean, that's incredible. And then the other one is we got out and ran. And this is where Will has really worked on the guys. And in fact, it, the other day at practice, I was literally talking to Will, and I was like, "Like, what, what do you do about the fact that like you're sitting here in practice, and there's a part of their offense in transition that they want to execute. And it's like I'm watching the film, and it's like wide open there for them. And they don't do it. And so I like I pulled Willis. And I was like, what do you do about this? Like, do you lose it in practice? Like, what's your what do you do? And he was like, you know what? You just practice it every day. You mention it in every timeout, you show it in every film session, and eventually it starts to happen. And the patience that he is showing, because it did start to happen, and their transition was great. Not only was were they in transition a lot, 17% of the time, which is about 70th percentile in the league but they were very good in transition. It was our best transition game of the year. 1.55 points per transition. Last night was the single best transition game of the year. So the Jazz survived last night. Very Memphis Grizzlies-esque, actually. Offensive rebounding and transition on a night where the half-court offense wasn't good. That's a huge step because this is a team that's pretty good offensively, good shooting team, didn't have the shooting. Nobody had the shooting last night for most of the night until the um, Suns finally got it going and we'll touch on that here in a second, but for them to be able to not have the three-point shooting going, not to have the catch-and-shoot game going, and then be able to still stay in the game with just resilience, effort. Like, those are two are effort. Offensive rebounds and transition are just pure effort. Getting out and running off, off anything you stops and mistakes, and then just powering them on the glass. It was interesting. In the first half, they had 11 offensive rebounds and gave up 11 fast break points. Um, that, that's good math, by the way. If you think about it, and often the jazz got off offensive rebounds last night. Here, we'll do a little, we'll do a little fun math here for a second. If you're wondering on how this works. So on offensive rebounds last night, the jazz scored, uh, it looked like they scored pretty about 1.05 points per, which is low um, on every play. But if you think about it, it's a zero, right? Like you've just already committed a zero. And so you're at, every time you get an offensive rebound, the jazz got an extra point that they wouldn't have had otherwise um last night the night before they were 1.83 points and we're actually not great on um on putbacks. according to cleaning the glass our efficiency has not been as good on that so it'll be interesting to see if we can up that up a little bit or um you know find a way to I don't know how you get better at that we just that's not something we've we've generally um, solved as of yet. And I, again, I, I don't know like, Oh, well, we're going to get better putbacks. Like, uh, yeah. Okay. I think it's just kicking out and making shots or, or finding, maybe it's finding better shots off of those transitions. I wouldn't really, I don't really have a good answer for you on like what that is. Um, but um, uh, so if you think about the math on this, you're allowing about 1.1 points in half court Anyway, so if someone goes and gets a fast break on you and they're better about 1.4, 1.5 in transition, you're giving up 0.3 points for the risk, which means that every time you get an offensive rebound, you get a point, they have to get three transition opportunities to match the value of that offensive rebound. That's why analytically everyone's gone away from the Doc Rivers. Greg Popovich, idea that you don't get offensive rebounds, realized it analytically isn't true. It's literally close to a three-to-one ratio that for every for every transition for every offensive rebound, you got to get three transitions to match, um, what you had on the other side. So the big thing is it to zero, right? Like the shots missed already. So you're getting a zero at that moment in time. And if you can go grab it and you get an extra point, that's, that's a big deal. That's how we stay in the game. Um, last night, um, the last night, the defense was really interesting. Um, and some of this could just be shot making, but there's a little more to it. So in the first quarter of the defense, so, uh, Phoenix, I think, will be the best offense. Phoenix or Dallas is probably going to finish the year as the best offense in the NBA. Maybe Sacramento again. We should not dismiss them. They're they're rolling with De'Aaron Fox back. They had a 120 offensive rating last year, which was the best offense of anyone in the NBA. Phoenix is at a 120.7 right now. That's kind of the best there is. Phoenix is a 115.9, and that's without their guys. With Booker and Durant together, they're a 126 when the two of them are on the floor together. So those are to give you context. So quarter 1 the Jazz the Suns were at 115, which is right on their average. So the Jazz who are 27th in the league defensively for us to be at average that's really good, right? We're 28th actually now. So that's really good. Second quarter was 119.2. Not as good, but not crazy. Like still kind of in against one of the better teams kind of at our average. That's a good quarter for us. Third quarter the defensive rating was a 92.3. That's brilliant. For six turnovers in that third quarter they missed some shots, but we, the Jazz defense was, was exquisite in the third quarter. Again, effort, resiliency, all these things, third quarter, up against them, um, all the things we want to see out of this team taking place and, and just great improvement. In the fourth quarter and the overtime, they couldn't hold it. Um, some of it's shot making, but also in 22 minutes, we forced one turnover. We went from forcing six turnovers in 12 minutes to the third quarter. To one turnover in 22 minutes. Now, they slow this thing down around the same play time and time and time and time again, and um, it obviously gets hard. But you're also forcing skip passes on double teams. You'd like to get some turnovers, Um, and the Suns really shot it. Their offensive rating was a 148 in the fourth quarter, and it was a 147 in overtime. One almost 1.5 points every time they crossed half court, Um, and they really shot it well. They they hit nine of their final 19 from three. they hit 19 of their final 37 shots. 19 of 37 from the field. You can do the math on that as well. Over, it's a little over 50%. And 9 over 19 is a little under 50% from three. So that's pretty bona fide. And then they have great three-point shooting. But the one turnover forced in the final 22 minutes. Now, the Suns were on the same play just about every single time. They went to the far left side of the floor. We talked about this on postcast. Um, so for the everydayers, thank you for sticking with us. And they clear the corner. So there's no help to come from that corner. So it's clear side. And I called it on the play-by-play last night, I was calling it clear side every single time. There's no help on that side. So there's the three other guys are on the far side of the floor. So you're gonna have to come the whole width of the of an NBA court to come help. Booker and Durant would kind of play their little two-man game at the top. They'd get Keontae switched onto Durant, lob it into Durant mid-post. Jazz would bring a double, but from a long way away. Durant would skip it over the top to Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, and K- Keita beach Dop Jop, Diop was on the floor for a lot of it. Um, Nasir Little for a little. You have to go back and look at who all their fourth quarter minutes were. Nurkic kind of was in and out of the lineup in the in the overtime, um, and they would skip it over the top, and then the Jazz would have to rotate back and talk, listen to Will Hardy and Lowry, marketing post game last night. It sounds as though the rotations weren't perfect. Those are hard rotations. And those are really hard rotations you're 40 minutes into a game and the ball's moving fast. I, I have um I kind of have large sympathy to that. And I think the effort was was terrific. Nurkic uh played most of that. So Nurkic is down in the dunker. Um uh, Nurkic played most of the second overtime. Um Bates Diop was in for a play or two, and Nurkic did not play the first overtime, uh, in which Bates Diop was in for the most the whole time. So just to be accurate. And so they're skipping it over the top. It's well, it's well designed. Like it's the two best players, two of the top ten best players in the world on one side of the floor and it's spaced out. And you got a long way to come. And you gotta help Keontae because he's six four in a rookie, six three and a rookie on a seven-foot durant. And they just execute it super well. I mean, you just have to give them a lot of credit. Um, and the Jazz tried to get out of it. But once they got into that, it's hard to get the turnovers. It's hard to get them to make mistakes. And then Eric Gordon's a veteran. And Grayson Allen's really good. Um, so those guys made just a ton of plays um, late in the game. Ojai Abaji was brilliant defensively. And Kevin Durant's really good as well. Those are the things we still have coming up for you on today's program. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is uh, the number one sports book in America. It is the official sports book of Locked On. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in the action. than now spreads, player props, over, unders, and more. So visit fanduel.com slash On to kick off the, the holiday season. And you can bet on and have a little fun with the uh, NBA and the in-season tournament, if you would like to. Um, the odds on who's going to win the in-season tournament, win each group. Lakers obviously heavily favored now in uh, Group A that the Jazz are in. Uh, Minnesota's kind of the upstart pick in the um, in the NBA right now, other than the kind of expected picks uh, of Boston and all the others. If you, you want to jump aboard and get involved with any of the uh, – Other NBA plus a whole night of action. tonight. here's the latest on the in-season tournament odds. Boston is plus 390. Milwaukee's plus 440. Lakers are plus 550. Denver's plus 800. Minnesota plus 950. And then Indiana plus 1600 um, along the way. And the NBA in-season MVP tournament, Jason Tatum plus 500. LeBron plus 700. Jokic. Plus 800, Ada 850, Anthony Edwards plus 1,000, and Dame Lillard plus 1200. That's all at the FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Thanks so very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At the end of the show, we will send you over to Locked On Sports today. As I mentioned, feel free to email me, DLock09. How do you watch it? Do you like it? What are you watching it on? Um, Super curious if you checked out Locked on Sports today, what would make it a better experience um, for you? All right, let's talk about Ochai Abaji's defense last night, and I've got some notes for you down on the bottom if you're watching on YouTube. Um, Ochai last night guarded Kevin Durant for 33 possessions, or 52% of the time that Ochai was on the floor, he was guarding Durant, which is a big change because the other night he guarded him for just 21 possessions, so the Jazz made a change. Durant in the game on Friday night against Lowry Markin and went 9-for-12 from the field. Um, and four for four from three. So he he had him kind of had his number a little bit. Um, last night he went four of seven on Lowry and one of two. So you saw a pretty big change. So the first game, uh, <coughs> Ochai guarded Durant for 23 possessions, 23% of the time. Last night he guarded him 33 possessions and 52% of the time. And Durant went three for eight and 0 for two from three, with guarded by Ochai. What was interesting is in the other possessions, when he was not on Durant, 22% of the time, he was on Booker. So he spent 75% of his time on either Durant or Devin Booker last night. Pretty awesome. He only took one offensive shot. We can dig into that a little bit. But Devin Booker, which is pretty much the exact same amount he guarded Devin Booker the night before. So... The night before, he guarded Devin Booker 15 possessions in, or Friday night in Durant 13. This time, he guarded Durant 33 and Devin Booker 15. Pretty amazing. Devin Booker goes 0 for 6 and 0 for 3 when guarded by Baji last night. So Durant and Booker were combined 3 of 14 and 0 of 5 from 3 when guarded by Baji last night. That's pretty amazing. That's also... St- where we're just a lot better. We actually have a defensive player on the floor. Um, This kind of goes back to when I did the lineups to start the year and I had Ochi Baji like playing 48 minutes. Like I had him starting because he had to defend and then I had him backing up Lowry and then I had like, oh, and then I looked and he never was off the floor. Um, So 48 possessions, he defended those guys last night and he allowed them to go three of 14 from the field and 0 of five from three. That's pretty great. Uh, the night before, he guarded them for a combined 28 possessions, so far fewer, and he they were four of eight from field and two of three from three. So it goes back to one of the more interesting comments Quinn Snyder said a few years back about, um, about the way that um, Royce O'Neal in his second year as a defensive stopper was so much better because he actually understood the defensive players the same way an offensive player with his second year as being kind of the main guy learns how to adapt. And it's not something at the time I'd ever thought of, you, you know, here's Ochi two nights later. And I thought that was maybe the most impressive thing by the jazz is like you saw a team execute a game plan improve, and make changes from what they were able to do in the previous, um, in the previous matchups. And so, you know, you don't usually get to do that. Will Hardy talked about it in the pregame. Usually you play a team, you look at how you want to adjust and then you go play eight games, you come back and play them. You have to remember that and bring it back. This time the jazz literally got to play a team practice, work on those. Ex- and, and they really did it. Well, they really, really did it. Well, um, they didn't get the win because the Slim Reaper thirty five Durantula is just ridiculous. I mean, he's really, really just absolutely great. It's a legitimate question that we've asked on our YouTube question today of whether Kevin Durant is the best offensive player in the game. Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, to me are the other two. Uh, Nikola Jokic is the is the fourth in that group. I mean, they're all they're all just different. Like those are the elite offensive players in the game, and. It's hard to imagine a player being better offensively than Kevin Durant, or or more potent, or more difficult to guard. Uh, and I thought the Jazz tried to speed him up, tried to do what they could with him, but he's just that great. And at some point, when you have these matchups and you're playing these games, and you you're trying, and this is this is this is what it is like. The league sometimes gets super simple, and In this case, it's that Kevin Durant can go score 39 points on 27 shot attempts last night and score 38 on 22 the night before that. While his willingness to pass is incredible. Earlier this year, I watched him. I thought he was obnoxious in the fourth quarter. But last night, his willingness to pass, he ends up with 10 assists last night. He's just great. I mean, it's actually a pleasure to watch, right? Like, there is a level where you're just gonna a little bit tip your hat and say, okay, like if you're gonna play the game right and be that good. I mean, the fourth quarter of the other night, he was three of five from the field with four assists, so he directly scored seven of their twelve field goals. Then you go to overtime, and the two overtimes, he's three of five from the field with one assist, so he directly results in four of their seven field goals. Like, it's pretty. You can't like they get the switch. You got a double. Now you're scrambling. He's willing to pass out of it. And the only sh- shot I thought he missed actually was the last play of the game where he didn't get the offensive rebound. Uh, I haven't talked about the last play and the foul call because I thought the officials were terrible last night. Um, or I thought Jonathan Sterling and Ashley Moyer-Gilch were not very good last night. I thought they just didn't have a feel for the game. I thought they were slow all night long. On that call, they probably were right. Um, you know, on the... Lowry marking the third foul in the second quarter when Kevin Durant elbows him in the stomach and Lowry has to sit down for three minutes. They weren't right. And that was his big, That was a bigger impact on the game than the final call. So um, that's probably where, if you want me to talk about the officials, that's where I would be outraged. Um, was I actually thought that call was brutal. Like Lowry's rolling. He's 6 of 8. He's got 12 points in the quarter. And he has to sit down because of an imaginary stupid foul that didn't exist. So, yeah, we can go recency bias and argue the last one, which I think is silly to argue. They looked at a replay and they made the call, but that one's the one they missed. I mean, they just were slow. They were just bad all night, I thought. I haven't thought they've been bad all night, all year, actually. It's the first night in 13 games or 14 games I've talked about the officials on the air. I-, I thought the crew was bad last night. I could be wrong. I'm sure somebody in the NBA could tell me that. That is Locked on Jazz today. Thank you very much for being a part of the show. Being part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And I will send you over to Locked On Sports Today, the first ever national 24-7 stream on YouTube.